Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Namaste and welcome to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken with your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. This is Cindy Lindsay Royale for Divine Lineage. Join us on the web at www.divinelineage.org. This is Soul Talk you're listening to today. And our topic is the yoga of play. I had a shamanic teacher many years ago who had four rules for living, and I've never forgotten it. Rule number one was play. Rule number two was love yourself. Rule number three was love others. And rule number four is when things get tough, go back to rule number one, play. He clearly saw play as an essential way to enter our lives. Not only was it his rule number one for living, but it's his way through the tough times of our lives to go back to that. And it was also his way to get us to be able to do rule number two and three, love ourselves and love others. But I don't think he meant take recreational time or go on a vacation. I think it's important for us to understand what he meant by play in his rule number one. I think he meant to enter all aspects of our lives from a deep inner state of play, a being of play. And when we are that being of play and we live it, we find that we have peace within and union with our own soul nature and the divine energy. And in that way, it becomes a yoga of play. I wonder what it would be like if everyone entered into each thing in their life as a yoga of play. To really think about that, let's let's take a moment and break down this state of being, which is play. In general, I think it's a state of being in the moment with joy and allowing that joy to guide our actions. So the first thing there is joy. It Play simply assumes joy. Its, it's very pers- purpose is not to achieve or to get some outcome or to be perfect. The automatic assumption is not about our worth or our importance or our usefulness. Its sole reason for being is joy that focus of happiness and of joy. And joy is the state of our soul. What if we saw everything that we had to do in every moment as play? 
doing the dishes, being in a meeting, putting together a class report? What if we enter doing all of that, assuming joy, choosing joy, finding the joy? You know, my mother was really good at that. And when I was a kid, she made everything into a game. And even when I went to a high school reunion and my mother had already passed away, the thing that everybody remembered about her was her ability to make everything into play. So why can't we still do that? There is fun to be had, even in the most mundane and serious things. And I thank you, Mama, for teaching me that. But there have been many times in my life that I've forgotten that crucial teaching, I'll admit to that. And I do know that when I finally remember that, things become so much easier. To enter from drudgery creates drudgery. To enter from joy creates joy. Like in those old Judy Garland movies, just Judy Garland with her friends as a young girl, And whenever they're down, someone says, hey, let's put on a show. And then they sing and dance their way through all their problems. Now, of course, I know I'm dating myself with that reference. And those of a certain age will have no idea what I'm talking about here. However, the principle that we should look around us and see ourselves with friends and decide that we can play our way through our problems to some kind of beautiful creation, uh, that stands the test of time. Let's see each other as friends, love one another, and let's just sing and dance and play our way through to great creations with one another. I think another aspect of joy is a kind of innocence, or play is a kind of innocence. Entering with a wonder and an exploration to things That was the kind of play I most enjoyed as a child. It's the kind of beginner's mind, as the Buddhists say. In the yoga of play, there's not a lot of expectation. It's open and allowing and creative. And yet, in life, we still must learn to play, even within a structure. Structured games and sports are versions of that play, of course, but the structure or the need to win, or to be good at it, um, that often causes people to lose the experience of play within those forms, those structured forms. And how many times have we heard that a great ball player entered the game because he or she loved it, and then they felt they lost that along the way somewhere? And it's not just in sports either. I remember a businessman I was working with as a consultant to design his team retreat. And he was having trouble with the team he was leading. They were stuck on a big project. They didn't have any good ideas. And as time went on in that stuck place, their meetings just became excruciating. Everybody's worst side came out. There's lots of resistance and need to be right and one-upping one another and need to be acknowledged and you know, really not much else. So as we talk through the retreat, We decided together that they needed to play, not go out on the golf course together, not do a ropes course to teach trust, no. Instead, they needed to just let loose without expectation, without pressure for achievement. So we designed several play sessions. 
And this businessman's knowledge of what would get his people laughing and more free reeling was a huge help in that because that really sparked them. And each time after the play, then we would go back to tasks the team needed to do. And it had the most amazing effect. Ideas started coming out. People started to play with each other's ideas rather than putting them down or trying to one-up them. People started creating with one another, exploring, enjoying, laughing, and coming up with some pretty darn good ideas. Because play is a state of creation, of innovation, and exploration. I also think that play needs to be an in-the-moment state of being. In fact, in really good play, there is a state of being lost in the moment of doing and in the joy. And the best play includes a kind of altered state where time and space disappear and the only direct experience of the, of the moment and of the self remain. It's a kind of moving meditation. A being of play is a joyful engagement in being present in this moment with this thing. So how do we enter everything from that state? And that state of joy which leads to a yoga of play? Well, I, I do think we have to set an intent. It doesn't come naturally, unfortunately. And we do have to really program ourselves as adults to know how to enter from playfulness, to experience that state of being which is play. I'll give a short example here. When, when my husband and I are going for a long car drive, even when we drove three days to and three ways back from his surgery, I have a tendency to get in the car and say, woohoo, we're on vacation. And after 16 years of marriage, my husband knows what I mean. We have a huge chunk of time here together, in which we're doing nothing other than being together and driving. And that's really a rare thing in our lives. So woohoo, let's, let's enjoy this. And we listen to books on tapes, and we talk, and we laugh, and we sing, and we listen to songs. We, we have a great time because we enter it as play. And sometimes we just have to reset the expectation to joy and to play. It, it really means thinking not, I have to, but woohoo, what fun. Entering with the assumption of joy. Another example, I often go to the Divine Lineage Temple in Laytonville, California, and there I'm assigned to do seva jobs. And, for example, um, at home, I only cook for myself and, and for my husband, and there's nobody else that I need to worry about. There I cook for, with others for 20 or 30 people. At home, I just clean up, up, we just clean up after ourselves, and I only do any deep cleaning and laundry like once a week. There, things need to be cleaned every day. Now, that, that could be a drudge. And certainly there have been times when it did feel that way to me. But when I set my intent for joy, for play, these tasks become joyful. They become playful. They become creative and even deeply satisfying. And yes, seva is a particular form of work, and it should always be seen as serving the divine. And we should enter with an open heart of devotion. That mindset is crucial to 
it being seva, not just work. But I also think we need to enter from play. Then it becomes a yoga of devotion, but also of joy. Now to do that, I do think we need to develop some kind of beginner's mind. where We drop our expectations, but we maintain some self-esteem. Because sometimes I think our inner demons are hiding in the expectations we carry around about ourselves and other people. Everything we think must be a certain way. Well, you know what? It was likely formed by our fears, by our desires, by our needs, or even our survival need. In short, our expectations are likely formed by our childhood experiences and our karmas. Our expectations have us entering from a need to be good or to be loved or to be right, to achieve, to do it right, to prove something to ourselves or others, or to do it our own way. Not only do we push ourselves like that, but we put those same expectations on others as well. What if we just entered with an inner confidence? A self-esteem that says, hey, I am held by the divine here. I am a piece of God. And then simply strive to just be that while we do whatever. As they say, let go and let God. We're not the doers. We're the hearts and hands of God. So just make our hearts open and our hands available to let God do. Then it becomes play. The play of God through us. And when God is working through us, that is dharma. What's my dharma? It's there in every action taken from this state of being. Now, thinking about my mother, she had another very important thing she taught. She used to tell us all the time, go outside and play. And at the time, I'm not sure I really appreciated that. But now, wow, yes, of course, go outside and play. Yes. I I highly recommend that you go outside and play. Go into the nature with that joy, that innocence, that wonder. And then just be in the moment of the beauty of nature. It will cure your ills. It will decharge your negativities. It is what to do when times are getting rough. As Sri Kaleshwar said, if you're feeling negative or angry, just be quiet and go out into nature. And you know what? It works. Now, let me just give a special note on dharma and play. Um, One of my mentors once told me, when your avocation becomes your vocation, there is no vacation. And I think what she meant by that is when we choose to have the things we love become our vocation, our work, then there's no time off. And that, that I have found to be very true. But I think that it also means that sometimes the play goes out of it. Just like those ball players who lost the love of the game. But it can happen to all of us. And of course, we, we long to do for a living what we really truly love. But sometimes when it becomes a job, the play goes away. 
you know, as a, as a child, I used to play it metaphysical. All my things were imaginary, and my parents weren't religious, so it's more like magical, miracle, miracle kind of witchy kind of things was my version of metaphysical. But I, I loved playing that. Then, as a professor and consultant, my vacations were spent in metaphysical workshops and journeys to foreign places with medicine people. When I finally became a metaphysical healer full time, my mentor's statement started coming true. So, I mean, I really had to face myself on this one. I don't know if you need to do that as well. So, let me just share what I came up with is that I start each day reminding myself of the play of it. That I would have dreamed as a young girl that I could just sit in the divine's energy and play like that every day and help other people in the process. Oh my goodness. I have a great job. I just sit in the divine energy and the and sit in my own joy, and I get to play every single day. I am blessed beyond measure. And if the day is tough, I remind myself again to go back to play. After all, my shamanic teacher's rule number four was when things get tough, go back to rule number one, play. So let's do talk a little about rule number four there, when things get tough. Go back to rule number one, play. Entering with joy, beginner's mind, and being in the moment of that is itself a solution. It is a way to meet our karmas and win them. It is the way to be positive, as Sri Kaleshwar always said. It is the way to learn how to love ourselves and to love others. So when things get tough, Go back to rule number one, because that is the yoga of play. This is Cindy Lindsay Rael and Soul Talk for DivineLineage.org. You have been listening to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken with your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. Namaste. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.